We are I. All right, everybody, we're sitting down here again on We Are I. We're sitting with Pearl, and uh, Pearl actually has some amazing stories she's going to tell us, but like first she's going to tell a little bit about herself so we can you know, build that connection with her. But I'm actually really excited um, you know, just to be able to pick Pearl's brain because what she does, I'm incredibly interested in and I think is so fascinating because it's actually really um, the base of – humanity's happiness like we know it statistically like everything all the research is done towards you know understanding like this is what makes us happy and you know what our communities are revolve around and you know like what makes those communities happy so pearl welcome to the show thank you why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so we can understand like you know who you are and understand that you know like you're just a regular person like the rest of us so start with this straight and skinny like who were you when you were young and just snowball it right into now Okay, so uh, like a lot of people in this world, we all go through struggles and stuff. So definitely, um, yeah. So I was definitely a tomboy. So instead of playing with Barbie dolls, I was out playing a hockey with the guys, um, you know, trying to do well in school. Uh, my parents had me when I was very young, so um, didn't really grow up with, um, you know, the best sort of role models. Um, How old were your parents when they when they had My you? mom was 16. Okay. Yep. So very young. So she was growing up as well. Um, in in elementary school, like there's a lot of talk about it now, and we talk about it openly. I I was bullied every day in grade six, um, with a couple of girls. So every day I had to run home, but we know we weren't allowed to talk about that. So I went through that struggle. Um, what did bullying look like when you were young? Like, what was the face of that? Because we all know, like, bullying today is not only, you know, like, in-your-face bullying, but it's a lot of, like, online bullying, especially for young girls. Well, thank goodness we didn't have technology. Um, so bullying was more in-your-face, you know, the looks that you get from, you know, those bullies in your classroom and stuff like that. And it came down to basically me beating them in math tests. And I refused to give up beating them, so they would always threaten me every day. Um, and eventually, you know, it, it basically stopped because we finished grade six and seven. Um, yeah, so so went through those struggles and, you know, going through, you know, peer pressure, growing up, teenager, hormones, um, you know, all that stuff and, you know, me sort of. Being the teenager, I was a very good kid. Um, worked hard in grade 11 and 12, 40 hours a week. I had to pay rent. Uh, my parents said, hey, we can't afford stuff. So I had to actually work and go to school at the same time and pay rent. In high school? Yep. yep. Wow, you can't even usually get like a 30-year-old to work now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I worked full time in grade 11 and 12. So I didn't actually, uh, in some sort of way, it kept me out of trouble. What so, did you do? Like, what, what was your job? Uh, Burger King. Burger King. Yeah, so I worked, you know. Pretty standard, eh? You know, pretty standard. Yeah. It was awesome, though. Like, you know, you got to, you know, make friends at work outside of high school, which I which I really found important because in high school, there's a lot of peer pressure. 
you know, and a lot of people pick and size. So I just felt, um, you know, when you go to a workplace, it's, uh, it's a different environment and people accept you differently and they see a different side of you, you know, a more closer side. Uh, and I think that you, well, you as in like, you know, we all have an opportunity to be able to see ourselves through a different lens too, because that's the one thing that I think about high school, like, and especially since academics really haven't changed up into grade 12 or it doesn't really prepare you for anything to understand who you are to what you want to do next and whether that's even right for you. Right. Yeah. So I really actually liked working. It kept me out of trouble and, you know, and it really gave me the skills, the people skills, because uh, I find nowadays that, um, you know, people don't want to do those jobs or, you know, develop those people skills. And I always, you know, tell people that, that I teach that if there's anything you need to know is need to know how to work with people and, and, and develop those people skills. So, you know, I cherish my journey, my work journey, working hard because it gave me an opportunity to do the job and to do, you know, these humanity trips. And, and it's about the people and connecting with the people. That's what jobs also do. And I think people forget that perspective. It's not just a job. It's not money. Um, it's about people and learning a lot about yourself. And, you know, it pushes your boundaries, you know, something, you know, obviously there's stuff that your parents can't teach you at home. There's a lot of stuff that you, you know, learn in the workplace. So really worked hard all my life. Um, you know, nothing came easily. Um, you know, I had to pay for school by myself. Um, you know, obviously parents didn't have much, we didn't do much. So, uh, moving fast forward, being a, a, a mom, a single mom, um, the one thing I definitely, um, you know, pass along to my daughter is just the work ethics, you know, treating people with respect. Um, you know, she, she's almost 16. She's got a job now. Uh, you know, she started when she was 15, just a little bit part time because I really felt you know, it was important to, to develop those people skills and, and, you know, I see struggles in the restaurant, working in the restaurant business as well, that, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on our teenagers and our kids nowadays to try to get everything perfect and financial uh, burdens. So there, I see a lot of struggles that kids have that all of a sudden grade 11 and 12, they're panicking because they need money or they need to get a job. So, they just need to know what they need to do for like the next 50 years of their life. <laughs> like, who knows yeah, that? Yeah, well, no one knows that, right? So, but working in the restaurant business, you know, you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about what people's struggles are. You become, you know, their friend, their parent, um, you know, because, you know, they're, you know, everyone in their household has something they're dealing with, right? Um, so it's about connecting in that way and that, you know, like you're talking about micro communities, you know, the workplace is not a workplace. It's, it's also a community, right? Um, it's a place to belong um, and, and develop those people skills, right? So, so going back to my daughter, so I felt that, you know, I see kids struggle and I just wanted to sort of slowly get her into, you know, the responsibility and saving money, stuff that you don't learn in school, just the, the stuff so she hopefully has less struggles as she gets older to prevent you know, what I went through a little bit easy, you know, so she has a little bit easier, right? So be a good role model. Um, and that's part of where I'm leading up to next is I currently work for Boston Pizza International. And part, you know, our foundation philosophy is it's about being that role model. Um, so as a parent, 
you're a parent, but you're also a role model. Um, and we have to take that seriously. So, so that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, and I've been with Boston Pizza International for 20 years. I've done many positions, grew up in the company. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, and basically it led me to, to a couple humanity trips. So I think, uh, so Blake, I think, um, you know, big reason why, uh, we're a Facebook friends and, uh, that's a big reason I think, you know, uh, part of our discussion here is talking about the, the communities outside of where we live is really important. See, and actually like you kind of bring something up that I've never really discussed on here before. And like, in how many people have been on the show, um, that I have just like authentically met on Facebook where, or, you know, Instagram where it's like actually something positive that's coming out of these like anti-social environments, you know, like where it actually has built a serious social connection. Like just not something that's like complete facade where we just like each other's posts, but now it has become like an actual real transaction, like a real communication that we're seeing in front of each other talking, not just on like Facebook or on a platform. Right. And I think, uh, you know, the media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, they get a lot of negative publicity, but I think part of it is the positive thing we have to look at is about making connections and, you know, and knowing that, you know, people aren't alone and, you know, for them to find something that they like and, you know, them to belong to and something that will drive them. I mean, it takes time to figure out what drives you. Um, and eventually, you know, people drive me. It's helping people financially. You know, I don't have the luxury of doing that all the time, but for me, giving my time, you know, giving my muscles, building houses, um, that's that's part of how I give back. So that's how I figured out that I have a lot of people and a lot of skills and a lot of stuff that I can teach. So that's where um, I find that I've, you know, I found I found what I like doing. And it's amazing when you find what you love doing. So why do you connect with wanting to prop up community? Why do you connect with wanting to like help people and be a part of making them a better person? Like what, what, what fostered that? Where did it start? Where's the seed? The seed. Yes. Um, the seed started, um, you know, um, from my household. I didn't, uh, you know, my parents were young and you know, we, you know, no one is perfect. Um, and I didn't have, you know, I feel the proper role model and, um, you know, the quality time and, and just, so a lot of the things I had to learn on my own, um, and surround myself with the right people. I was very lucky, um, that I had quality people that were around me to get me through things and stuff. So I think I find that there's so much negativity in the world that stress and negativity cannot win. And I, that is a fight for me. Sometimes days, some days are harder, some days are easier, but I really find that, you know, I can't let stress soak into my, into my body because, you know, stress can do a lot of things to you. Um, so I just find that, you know, I'm a fighter and, uh, you know, I have purpose and, uh, you know, and I have responsibility and I just find that, um, having a lot of struggles, I just, really want to try to make other people's struggles less, you know, less painful, um, and just, you know, know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What are some of the things that you've done locally, you know, to be able to connect with that? Like, or did it, or I guess I could say like, did, 
was there ever a local presence to your international presence? Yep. So the one thing I say is if you know what you're passionate about, those are the companies you want to work for. So um, everything I've done um, with charity work has been through my job, through my connections. Um, so I did volunteer and through the Boston Pizza International, I did volunteering for the kids help phone. Um, I also did volunteering for victim services uh, for the RCMP for about a year and a half. And that um, by all means was, uh, yeah, it was that experience in itself uh, was amazing. Um, I walked out of volunteering for the RCMP and working for the victims, you know, were from someone, you know, injuring themselves in the workplace to committing suicide, going to those calls. Um, you know, I learned a lot about myself and, you know, if they're, and it taught me life is not so complicated and to, you know, to, um, you know, be happy with what you have because there are so much more other things going out there. Um, so yeah, so definitely I learned a lot about myself and how to make adjustments based on that volunteer experience. So the, so definitely all of that as well. Um, what else did I volunteer for? Um, yeah, a lot of stuff through Boston Pizza. Just, you know, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sister, they sponsor that, um, Live Different, uh, which will lead into uh, based on my humanity trips outside the community. And, yeah, lots of stuff, little things all over the place too, like, you know. Do you find it, like, really interesting? So this is something that I continually think about all the time is that, you know, like when we walk around in our day, you know, really – absorbed in our own problems you know which we should be to a certain extent but you know when you fielded all these calls and you know talk to people from victim services where you kind of say it, it humbled you a lot to make you realize the vastness of other people's you know problems and the things that they're going through um and it's just hard that you know some people just struggle like that all the time there yeah it definitely made me more humble the struggles that people uh see and with the media and technology we feel those struggles more and more and some people it weighs heavily on their heart like me you know when i see people struggle um you know it, it, it you know it weighs heavy on my heart right so definitely makes me it made me more humble um you know talking to people people would get their purse stolen they would call and at the end of the day mostly people just needed someone to talk to and you know isn't that scary that they don't have somebody in their life like they would call a generic line and it's amazing that it's there but like it's very generic in regards that they should have somebody in their life where they could turn to and talk to like that i think part of it that maybe they don't want to tell people in their life maybe they're embarrassed or maybe they'll be judged but i found with victim services when you spoke to someone you know over the phone or anything is that they we weren't we never judge and i think that was a big part of them being open and being able to talk to someone because the fact that they weren't not going to be judged was a big thing i think see and, you know, and that's like a big part of even like this podcast where like i really try to emotionally expose myself through you know the things that i go through or have been through um you know anything on those lines because i really want to have like authentic conversations with people and i feel as though that it's a disservice to everybody if I would expect that from other people, but I would be able to offer that as well. Right. And, you know, um, going back to volunteering for the Kids Help phone line, 
uh, you know, my daughter actually was bullied in elementary school in grade two. And, and obviously me going through it, I kind of know how it makes you feel. So one, I had actually uh, registered again, like how important it is to have an outside network out of elementary school. So I put her in brownies. Um, I went to Kids Help Phone because I knew about Kids Help Phone, how much it could help, you know, Google their website, you know, how as a parent can I give the skills to my daughter? So it's always about you know, given those skills to, you know, to your child, to other people, to allow them to deal with it themselves, because you cannot always be there. But if you give them some sort of skills and confidence, you know, I really feel that if you have confidence, you know, you have more strength to deal with those situations and have those skills. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like you bring up like, um, my daughter was in grade one the first time that like she was kind of in like it's but i wouldn't call it like minor in regards to like how much it impacted her but i only say minor is because it happened once um but when this little boy called her fat and in grade one i in my mind i lost my shit i'm like in grade one you know i'm like this little boy walks up and is like you know you're fat and i'm like it just ruined me because you know being in the fitness industry i really i think like the biggest disservice that the fitness industry does is propagate vanity like it irritates me to no end like i'm just i'm not like i'm not i don't care about six packs botox lips breast implants like just all that like i just don't understand it like i don't connect with it in any kind of way um and for me it's more about like optimization as a person like i don't care what my body looks as long as I can play squash or paddleboard. Like it really like those kind of things. If I end up having a nice herb eye because of those things, because my tool has been refined, then that's fine. But I really don't care about the vein side of it. So then when my daughter got attacked like that, it was like you see that cycle starting so early of like how like vanity can be sucked into their lives. And then being around so many other parents um, in this environment, talking to them and how young it starts. And I think it, when we were in elementary school, I think it started at young as well. But I think we're more educated now to know, you know, that maybe we just accepted it back then, but now we know that's not right. So I think part of that is, um, you know, uh, you know, at the fact that we're actually talking about it, we're acknowledging it and we're aware of it um, is amazing because if we can you know, or if we're more aware of something, we, you know, we, we can sort of fix it earlier on in life than, you know, having, you know, people grow up with it like I did, um, you know, and it created a lot of struggles, right? So that I had to fight through. And it's obviously having the right people around me. And I think having my job, having something that I belong to, like a mini micro community is was my job that, you know, it, I think it saved me actually working with people that you know going to work and being able to get out of one environment to another where you know people accepted me and it, you know it was hard work um but it definitely uh you know it teaches you learn something every day right so you know and you know like micro communities that connects us with like our passion where we actually feel of value like it's just like it really does it saves us all you know and like I fortunately get to live my life in competition that every single day and I, I really feel wholeheartedly blessed that I can like live that every day. Um, 
because I don't know now how people don't. Right. And I think part of me, if I'm going to assume something, so with you, you know, having this, uh, you know, this, this jam, that's your micro community for you, right? It's the way you connect and, and having those connections with the people that come here and all that stuff. Right. So I think you found your niche, right. Is doing that. Right. So, which is amazing. And, and right now I have actually just started teaching at Douglas college and, you know, and giving back and, and, you know, my new micro community is actually my class, right? Like, you know, how was your day? Ask the questions, look at their body language, you know, teach them the skills and, you know, every, you know, a lot of them, you know, work full time, they have kids and they come to the class and they're taking time out of their family life to come to school. So, and, you know, I honor that and I cherish that and I take pride, you know, in that they're, you know, putting time aside for themselves and investing in yourselves is one thing that I always say, you know, even being a parent or anyone, you have to take time to invest in yourself, take care of yourself, you know, handle your stress, uh, you know, because that's most important because, you know, um, you know, your kids don't want you, you know, unhealthy or stressed, right? So I think the first priority is you take care of yourself. I don't know, some people might think that's a little selfish, but, you know, working out, I do a little bit. It's finding that balance in life, right? Like you have to take care of yourself, right? You have to be happy in order to sort of portray it out to everyone else, right? And that's and your the, responsibility. Yeah, and that's what I always tell people. Like you will, you will never be, and don't try to convince yourself that you can make other people happy until you're truly happy yourself. Right. That took me a long time to learn. It comes with age. So those young, those people out there, the young listeners, uh, you know, we speak like it's easy. It's not. It's a journey. It takes a lot of hard work. So don't ever think it's easy. It's definitely, it's it's making little, as uh, me and Blake were talking earlier, just making little nudges every day. Uh, don't try to make big jumps. Sometimes you do and you can't control that. But it's little nudges every day that, you know, that gets you to the path and you might make the wrong decision as long as you learn from, you know, from those decisions. That's the most important thing. But definitely it comes with experiencing and, you know, and uh, understanding yourself. It takes a while. You know, and I always look at like this, you know, somebody actually broke down this analogy to me, like financially, you know, like I was talking to him, he's a financial advisor and he's like, you know, like, you know, like when somebody comes in and, you know, they say like, I want to bench 500 pounds. So you put 500 pounds on a bar in like bench press. And I'm like, well, no, you know, like you, you know, you might serve like 50 and then you go up to like 60, you know, and then you work up to like a hundred you just, you over years, you work towards that. And he's like, same thing with saving money. People want a thousand dollars in the bank, but they, they're not willing to put in the $10. It's like the 10 and then it's the 20 and then it's the 30. And it's like, but that's just like, it's life. It's everything. It's, it's always been, it's who we've always been as people for the hundreds of thousands of years that we've been on this planet. It's like, that's how it's been. It's like, you needed food. You went out and you got a little bit of food and then you ate and then you weren't hungry. Like you, but you had to keep on going on getting food. It's something you had to do all the time. It was a constant refinement back down into just like connecting with what you need to be able to get what you want and having the long-term goal in mind. Right. And I think, you know, the society, maybe media and everything is, you know, if we want something, we want it now. You know, the whole Amazon, you know, you delivery, you know, we 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 order something. We want it like yesterday. You know, we're sort of 
driving that change a little bit uh, and being, you know, not being patient with those slow nudges in life as well, right? It's just, it's fast paced. And sometimes we just have to, you know, slow it down a little bit to actually see and to feel and, and, and you know, and all that stuff, right? So <laughs> everything's fast paced. We want it now, but I think we have to reverse a little bit and just go nudge, nudge a little bit. So, yeah. So I think and this would be like a perfect segue to kind of, you know, get into like why, you know, like I wanted you to come in to be able to talk about like the humanitarian work that you do internationally. And, you know, like maybe like if you can explain the projects that you've been on, um, but on top of that, explain that do you see that same rush? I got to have it now. I have to have it. You know, like I need to go on Amazon and get it. I need my drone to deliver. Do you see that in these countries that you go to? Oh, no, it's so different. So uh, just to refresh, I work for Boss Pizza International. We have the charity as Boss Pizza Foundation Future Prospects. Um, and one of the charities that uh, we support is Live Different and Live Different um, builds uh, you know, houses, helps communities, you know, does whatever, you know, the community needs. It's not what we feel they need. Um, it's what they need. So last year, um, I went with our company and we built a house and, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to feel. A lot of people kind of warned me about it's very emotional, you know, you know, it's so different on a third world country. Where did you build it? Um, Dominican. Dominican. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In different communities, big outers. So, yeah. So we, I went last year. We built a house in five days. Um, and. And is it even like you know when you say like you built a house in five days like we're really kind of talking about like a smaller house that's more like like a shell more like a one kind of bedroom or one like room house right or like what do the houses look like. They're, you know, they're, they're bricks. We, you know, we built a house with no tools. It was all by hand. So we mixed the cement, we mixed the plaster to put on the walls, you know, you know, you know, and did all that. So it's like your typical, the best way I can describe it in Canadian terms is your cabin, you know, that you have, you know, it's basically one shell, maybe one or two walls inside. You know, uh, we built a family. The first house I built was a family for nine people. Um, How many rooms did that have in the house? Uh, two. For two rooms. Two rooms. What were those two rooms? Uh, just two bedrooms and just a kitchen. So, you know. For nine people. For nine people. And what they had previously was just basically tin roofs, not much, no door, no locks. Uh, you know, when you think of a house, it's not that we're just building house. We're, we're building hope. We're giving them uh, a good night's sleep. You know, there's no rats in there. There's no mold, them being sick. You know, you know, having that roof over your head allows you, it takes the stress off to be able to lock the door because, you know, those communities, you know, there is, you know, theft and all that stuff. So, you know, if you can have a good sleep, they always say sleep's so important to deal with stress, to give you the strength to get out of bed next day and go to work. Um, so, so, so building houses, we give them a lot more than building a house. We give them, we give them pride. Um, so were these nine people, were they, um, when, when this final project was like delivered to them and you know, like they seen it, um, you know, like, like, were they disappointed that it was only, like, two bedrooms? Were they disappointed that it was small? Were they disappointed that they didn't all have their own individual bedrooms? And 
even the fact that we were there and that we took time away from our families, we spent money to fly there, for them that was enough. So when they actually seen their house and they opened that door, there's words that cannot describe that feeling that like just, you know, your hair goes up in your skin and just the, the whole intensity of them, how much a house meant to them. Like, you know, it, it just words can't describe that feeling. They were just so blessed and, you know, they prayed, they, they were so thankful. Um, you know, um, you know, they, every day they nudge, they nudge, they don't get things right away. They work hard every day. You know, their kids were out in the dump eight hours a day collecting plastic and they may have made $2 US. So they have to work so hard to get so little is basically the words I can best describe that. So giving them a house gave them pride as well. Yeah, so like if everybody just kind of wants to take like a minute to be able to think about that, like the like the extreme amount of gratitude, you know, like that these people expressed and how happy they were. And this family of nine, you know, had this house with two rooms and that's when they were happy. You know, think about like what you have now. You know, think about the space that you have and you know, how everybody has to have their own room and, you know, like there's got to be a TV in probably every single one of those rooms and you may want a tablet for, you know, each one of those people in that house as well. And, you know, how when you're in that house that, you know, everybody might not even be talking to each other when they're there and how many people are really happy inside those walls, you know, but if somebody is willing to come over and just paint one of those walls, like, would everybody show that kind of gratitude? You know, and like these are the things that like we've talked about before where, you know, why why is it that people in third world countries are so much happier than we are in Western civilization? Like, there's no denying it now. It's like trying to convince somebody that, you know, eating McDonald's and drinking a two-liter Coke is healthy. Like, it, it's not. Like, we know that, like, Western culture doesn't propagate happiness. You know, like, these are some of the things. So, like, when we talk about some of the things from here on in, I really want you guys all just to kind of take the time out to really have a sobering perspective on how happy these people are and how this how these simple things these community-based projects and people getting together and how this all really makes them happy and it's not the the five seconds of happiness that we have when we get a new phone and then five minutes later it's old news like this is genuine happiness that they are going to talk and like where pearl was talking like like hope like hope isn't something that that fades out. Like gratitude does not fade out. Like what we call happiness now, it it fades out because we need new happiness. We need a constant influx of happiness. And you know, if we don't have that constant influx of happiness, it, it's just not good. And it needs to be better. And we need it faster. And we need more of it. And if I don't have it every single day, I'm depressed. You know. But what about just being like having like the gratitude of being able to wake up every day and be able to stand on your feet. You know, whether or not you had to share a, a bedroom with like six or seven other siblings or, you know, whether or not everybody slept on the floor shoulder to shoulder because you simply just had a roof over your head. You know, what if on like the third day that you got a little bit of food to eat because like would you be would you be happy about that? Or would you be so angry that you didn't have five meals a day that you feel like though that you deserve but, you know, but we're not happy. 
Like we're statistically not happy. Like we're depressed. We're the biggest consumers of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And you know, you go to third world countries, and why aren't they? You know, but like what Pearl's gonna explain now is why they aren't. So, tell us about your experiences. So that was last year, uh, and then I went this year. We went to the same community. Um, we built four houses. Uh, my emotions were different. So my first trip, I was more emotional and just soaking it up and, you know, uh, all that stuff. But the second trip was powerful. Why I say powerful? Because when I went back, the the way that they embraced me, like we, I was family, the hugs, they hug all the time. And I tell you that value of that hug, I know there's some, you know, statistics out there that say how important those hugs are. And, you know, but we're not allowed to do that anymore. Because in Western culture, we can't. Right. Can't Kids, touch each other. So we get out of the bus, we arrive, we get out of the bus, the community leader you know, runs up to me, gives me a big hug, you know, all these kids, like the one thing that when, and this trip was a little different, we took our suppliers. um, And basically, our suppliers are our partners. Um, Without them, we wouldn't, you know, our found, they raise money for our foundation, they donate money, you know, they come to our golf tournament. So we took them. And that was the biggest thing when we sat down and had our debriefs that night, just talk about experience, how we're feeling. Um, you know, everyone had a different perspective, but the, the biggest thing that they said was the way that the kids came up to them, hugged them, the parents just let us take the kids, the kids followed us. It's just, it's just amazing how, you know, you go from this society where, you know, if you look at someone the wrong way, uh, you know, to to going to La Union, uh in the Dominican and kids are hugging you, they grab your hand and, you know, people just, you know, uh, there's no judgment. And that was the biggest thing out as well. I found that there was no judgment, you know, fresh slate. They, they just, you know, they were just thankful for you just being there and they know that you're you know that you're leaving your family and they really appreciated us doing that so we built four houses and uh you know four different families they had different needs um and part of those four houses we don't decide who gets those houses it's the community leader it's live different um if you have time look up live different and what they do you know if that's something that interests you you can go on trips uh sign up uh they have tons that always go and all that stuff it's amazing experience but you know every time you know i went came back home i was very humbled it reset me and just you know realizing you know we always say we know what's important life it's our family it's it you know and all that stuff but it just really reset about it's about the quality of time that you spend with someone it's not the quantity it's just there's so much substance and quality of time because we get so busy so just recharged me got back and yeah people were there they just it's just it's slower paced and they they have to work and they have to nudge every day and you know they don't get they don't think too far ahead you know we ask them hey what do you you know they just get through the day sometimes and and just really support each other and family uh and you know when i say a family of nine you know that's how they support each other they stay together they live together so they can you know 
work together as a community. So when they say community, it definitely is a community. So like what what would be an average day for one of these families down there? Like, you know, are they up at like the crack of dawn? You know, do they sleep in? Like, do they get their hustle on right away? You know, like, are they gone 10, 12, 14 hours a day? Like, do they commute like an hour to do whatever kind of work they do? Like, take us through like a day of like what you've seen was going on in these communities. Well, when we go, we do something called day in a life. So each group, there's two or three of us that actually get to go spend a day with the family in their house. So we actually go shopping for them and they show us what, uh, what, you know, they talk about their struggles. Every family has different struggles. You know, some have to work three jobs, some have to work one, some can't work. You know, some don't have medical coverage. So, you know, they suffer through some pain. Uh, you know, that's the one thing, you know, a big, you know, people always say, how come you're not building houses in Canada? Well, cost is high. But the other thing is, you know, um, you know, we have support systems out here. You know, um, I know sometimes, you know, they're not perfect, um, but we do compared to the Dominican, you know, uh, you know, they don't have metal, metal, medical and dental, uh, you know, they're, they don't got that coverage, right? And if, you know, and there is a doctor that's an hour away and um, all that stuff, right? So so there's other struggles that they have that, you know, that, you know, that out here that we do have those support systems, right? So so that's the biggest thing as well when you recognize when you go out there that that's their biggest struggles. They don't have a lot of support systems out there, right? You know, groups and dealing with stress and all that. They, you know, all the antidepressant drugs, all that, they don't, they don't get that. They just have to... Um, you know, work through it day by day. So every household is definitely different. Um, some might have, you know, they just, you know, their rice and beans or the Dominican tradition of a dinner. Uh, they may have protein once a week, chicken, that's it. So, um, so why would they only have uh, protein or chicken, something like that, like once a week, like why would that be? They can't afford it. Um, even if there's nine people in the family and they're all working, Sometimes they can't afford that stuff because school um, is another big thing. You know, yeah, you can send someone to school. They can, school is free, but, um, you know, they can't afford the supplies, right? They can't afford the pencils. Um, You know, there's, you know, people out there, you know, they're 40 and 50 and they're trying to go back to school. So, but the thing is, is they never give up. They always have hope. And I think that's what gets through uh, gets them through each day is they have hope and they have their family and they have their community is what they have. Out of say like a, a family that has you know maybe like like nine people in it, like how many of those those people would be like, not the word this properly like I wouldn't say like fully functioning but like just um, you know that like had an opportunity to be able to like fully participate in providing for this family like would there be you know, like in a family like nine, did like everybody do something or was there like, you know, you know, like people who were like, like disabled or couldn't contribute, you know, but like other people just like they all pitched in together as a family to be able to, to run this unit that was at home? Everyone in the household has a responsibility. What that responsibility is differs between each household. Um, yeah, so it varied in each household. It was very different. Uh, but everyone had to contribute, you know, um, to the family and try to make a better life. And day by day, um, you know, some 
you know, hardly have a roof over their head. So if it rains, you know, um, they're not protected. Um, you know, the house, the door locking that, you know, even be, you know, having that door lock, you know, um, is amazing, right? So yeah, every household was definitely different. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone knew they had a responsibility and everyone had to do something to get through those days. You know, like, would anybody ever, like, you know, take a day off saying, like, I'm just, like, too tired. I don't feel like doing this today. Is that, like, is that kind of culture? Is that, you know, is that just here? Do you see it down there, too? Or, you know, were people just, like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Netflix all day today. Netflix binge. Yeah, no. <laughs> I Maybe mean, there's not many TVs out there. It is so different out there. You know, every day they, 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 they have hope. And that gives them the strength to continue on each day to work, whatever it takes to, you know, sometimes in the family, they would be like, okay, we have to get this, we have to help this person. So they would alternate. Um, I mean, we didn't get a lot of time to spend with the families, but in general, um, you know, no one had that luxury, you know, of, you know, watching or doing nothing all day and just sitting there and playing. Um, it was it was a family and everyone contributed to something every day there it's always work 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 you know make life better try to make a little bit difference meant the world to them so yeah did they seem happy like is it like as a family as a culture did, you know because it if you had to ask you know like the typical typical westerner like you say there's no way that these people are happy <sighs> they are so even with their struggles the way that they welcome you, um, they have a lot of strength. They are happy. Um, oh, the smiles you get every day getting off that bus. Um, you know, they didn't show their struggles maybe when we weren't there, but um, they were always welcome. They always had time to talk. Um, you know, um, it was yeah. They're they is just everyone had a purpose. Everyone worked together in the community. Uh, support each other if you know if someone in a, another house was going through something everyone just pulled together what everyone knew exactly what was going on so it was amazing see and it's like you know like a lot of that feels like how we used to live our lives you know like not too long ago you know like you know growing up like in in southern alberta like where i grew up but you know like the one thing i say like to people now, you know, just simply from like a, like a children perspective that, you know, like when I was growing up and I'm only 35, you know, but when I was growing up and we were running around the neighborhood, it was every other parent's responsibility to like whip you back into shape or like call your parents and say like, hey, you know, Blake's being an asshole, you know, but like now it seems like the parenting perspective, especially here is like, you know, let me tell you why you're a bad parent. Or let me tell you what you're doing wrong, you know, versus everybody like pitching in again and trying to like create community or, you know, like, the one thing I'd say about kids now is like, yeah, you know, kids might be vulnerable in communities now because you won't let them out of the house. And our world is really not that unsafe that they can't walk down the street. But if it really is that unsafe, let all the kids out because then they're a little army. It's like how we were raised, strength in numbers, get all your friends. You're going to go to the park, get, every, get all your friends to go, like five, six, eight, ten of them. But now if it's just like one or two kids walking down the street together, of course they're vulnerable because they don't have a little army behind them. You know, but like in these communities where you would naturally assume their risk would be a lot higher, does it seem like these parents are just like, 
watching over their children 24-7 and limiting what they do and forcing them to stay home? Or do they just have a lot more of like like a free-range style of living? You know, I think, especially living in BC, uh, the one thing, you know, uh, you know, with costs going up, I think we as parents nowadays, we have, I everyone says our parents had those same um, pressures about, you know, cost of living, all that stuff. But I think, you know, in BC, I feel, you know, uh, you know, I do a few jobs to get ahead to save money. So I think at the end of the day, when you get home, um, you know, it takes just so much more effort, energy to, you know, let's go do something with your kids or, you know, sending them outside, but time you get home, you know, it's five, five thirty, and if it gets, especially if it gets dark in October and September, you can't do that, right? So, so I think that's where we struggle a little bit as parents as well, right? We're just, you know, a lot of us have to do two jobs, or we're busy, or we're trying to, you know, I think we really do a good job of volunteering with our generation and giving back. I think, you know, we do a good job of that, put a little extra pressure on us, but we know how it is if we don't do our part uh you know our next generation you know we have to be role models at the end of the day that's what it you know we have to be role models right in our many communities right uh how we do it and how we figure it out that's entirely up to you you have to figure out what makes you click and once you figure that out what you love doing it's so powerful it's so powerful yeah that's probably like when you know, like as the base of that, you know, like what we know, and we talked about this before, and I've talked about this on the podcast about how, you know, like people in third world countries are just like they're statistically so much happier than us because of the fact that um, they have that role. They have that very specific role within inside their family, within inside their community to make the family stronger, to make the community stronger. And everybody relies upon that person doing that job. You know, like if that person's not there, then like people know that they feel the impact of it because that that ship gets nudged by everybody, not individually. Like everybody has to collectively nudge life's ship to be able to get it in the right direction because one person just can't do it in these communities. But like those interpersonal connections with inside a family, with inside of a community where like somebody can wake up every day and feel needed and wanted and there's value to their life. Like, you know, why does it take such harsh conditions to maintain that? Yeah, um, I think they're just not there. There's, I, I say, I, not to pinpoint it, I call it noise. There's so much more noise where we are. We just don't know how to manage that sometimes, right? Like, how do we turn it down a little bit and, you know, reset and nudge and focus on that, right? Where, you know, you go out to the Dominican and to the third country, you know, life is hard and and, and ease, more easy because things are so simple. You know, the, the focus is family and everything focuses around that family and just kind of spreads out that way but it always the core is always about family community and working together and being there for each other right um because that that's what makes a community whole is just doing that working together when when kids grow up in a in a country like that like is there an expectation when you know they they, they turn 18 or like there's a threshold of time that they just leave the house and start figuring it out on their own uh, no, I think it's just fairies. I think they, they, 
it's about um, you know it's about making sure it's the right thing for the family not just them they always go back to the family yeah so it always goes back to the family yep yeah and you know like I think it's like one of those things like the more that you know because like I always try you know like my best to you know make my daughters feel included in you know like everything that that I do because I never want them to feel excluded because like I don't want to run necessarily completely independent life you know of them but I also want to like value the things that you know like that they enjoy too you know so like it's like that balance you know kind of like you know back and forth like that give and take saying like you know like this is how we're all going to live a little bit better of life. Like sometimes it's going to be a little bit more about me. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit more about you. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit more about your sister, but like always trying to like keep in mind that we're all a family and it's not just about one of us. Right. So the one thing I call parenting and to touch what on you do is respect balance and independence, my RBI. So that's how I, sort of think of parenting I always stuck to that I don't know where I got that so one you have to respect people you know um, you know and be independent because I really feel you know if you have the skill sets your confidence and you're independent it'll you know it'll help you more along your journey and make those decisions and you know uh, you know I would say to my daughter Halliday um, you know today is about me we're gonna do something I want to do tomorrow is about you what do you want to do it's it you know life doesn't evolve around a little circle around you or them it's about you know making sure you know you get to do what you want to do but also about the community and working together as a family right that's important right to find that balance it's all about you know balance as well in life you know we're you know we always have to you know hey you're doing this wrong you need to do your homework you need to do this well when I say balance we also say hey great job in that you know uh let's work together on this right so it's all about you know that balance in life right and sometimes we have to reset you know you put you you can even try this you know you put 10 pennies in your left pocket by the end of the day you have 10 pennies in your right pocket and basically that's 10 positive things you're going to do that day to that if you know to remember you have to figure out you know uh, that's what I did in the restaurant, you know, um, you know, 10 pennies on my left. And by the end of the day, they go to your right because nowadays, you know, positive, it seems so much harder to remember to do. Uh, and we just have to be more encouraging for people. So that's what. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that like it, it takes so much effort these days and like how we live our lives now where we have to remember to be positive or we have to remember to give positive reinforcement. It is because there's so much noise, there's so much pressure, uh, you know, about being perfect and all this stuff, right? It's just, there's, I call it noise because it can be something different every day that makes your day hard, right? Um, so definitely, uh, I try, that's why with my parenting and anything, you know, respect, balance, and independence. It's about balance, right? And that's what you have to do and going to the Dominican, you know, coming back home it balances me again just recharges and you know those hugs and acceptance and you know smiling and saying hi to people you know you don't know what struggles they're going through they don't know what struggles you know you're going through don't be so judgmental you know um you know uh, you know it's just that's just you know everything right it's just don't be so judgmental yeah you know and it's 
and again, it comes back to, you know, like what I was talking about, how we're, you know, people want to throw like daggers like so quickly these days. And like, I, I don't really know like what turned it into that. And especially like, you know, a little bit more in like Western culture where it's a little bit more about like criticism and critique and, you know, like judgment and, you know, like it takes a lot of the simplicity away from life. You know, and like that's the one thing that, you know, where I look at it is I think the reason why that I connect so much with going into like the backcountry, for example, is like things are, it's, it's just so simple. You know, like it really, like you, you can't get any more simple than just climbing a mountain, having some food, a little bit of lunch on the top, looking around at the views and just realizing that like you're so small. Like you're, you're like you're so small and then I'm like the contrast to that is like I may be so small but I can have such a big impact right. you know but and you can have a really big impact in like either way you know and like the one thing that um you know like I I I learned like reading a book on like how to be like a good dad like this was when you know like my oldest was I don't even think that she was born yet when I read this book and it was you know talking about like things that you should focus on like complimenting your children about and like steering away from like you know like I really like that like nail polish I really like that like hairstyle or you know like I really like those like shirt on you like like really like kind of superficial things but more focusing on like you know like you did a really good job on like that like that math test or like I really like the way that you you know you were like playing in the garden today you know like things that are just a lot more like wholesome and you know i find that they connect with it more but the more that like i try to do that with like adults it's more like but what about my hair but what about my nails like what about like my car you know i'm like i don't really want to compliment you on those things like why is that like the like the overarching driving connection with like what makes us happy like all these completely superficial things where it's not just like laughing with family and friends even though we know how good it feels like we know how good it feels to receive a hug like everybody knows who has a, a Facebook or Instagram account that there's all these things like, like, oh, well, like science proves now that giving a hug is like the best thing you can do. But you're not allowed to hug people anymore. You can't touch them. But science proves this. We, we post it on Facebook. We post it on Instagram. Like we have these like kind of like anti-social platforms that we communicate talking about how this communication and this physical communication is good. But we set these social barriers from being able to do it. It's just the irony. But, like, you go down there and you see these third world countries and, like, like the kids run up to you and hug you and, 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 like, it's okay. And you guys take their kids and, like, you go places and you teach them things and it's just okay. Like, it's not like this – it's not this bad experience. Like, you don't – they're not trying to shelter their children from you. Like, these foreign invaders are coming in. They're going to pollute our children's mind and brainwash them. It's more just, like, take them and teach them and learn from them, hug them, squeeze them, laugh with them and play with them. Yep, that was the biggest thing that uh, when we took our suppliers and the biggest thing that I felt um, a little bit uh, thrown off is just the freedom of loving and, you know, the hugs. And uh, so that that was very re-energizing, right? Just, you know, all that and just how simple things are and, um, you know, and you come back and you're like, you know, you can't do that out here. But you know, there's ways to get around it by maybe talking to people or connecting through these webcasts. You know, there's different ways. We just have to figure out how to do it more efficiently. And and you just and those people out there, you know, uh, you just got to figure out and find find those opportunities to 
to do that instead of the hugging and touching because I always feel if there's a wall and there's a barrier uh, there's always a way around it it's all how you go about it right and how you look at the problem and assess it um, there's there's always there's always a way around it it's just you know trying to just think about getting around all that where we can't touch and hug maybe it's just listening to someone or noticing someone's having a bad day and you know it's I feel it's those uh, those one-off things that they would never expect that seems to make a difference to, uh, you know, uh, like typical Valentine's Day. Instead of just sending them flowers on Valentine's Day, maybe just send them a card out of the blue. Uh, you know, all that marketing and all that, you know, all that drive to do it once a year. You know, it's Father's Day tomorrow. Well, maybe do it a little more often, you know, so stuff like that, right? So, yeah. there's. <clears throat> and I always look at that, you know, when people – I've been talking to like other dads and like, hey, what are you doing for Father's Day and this, that, and the next thing. And, you know, I always try just to look at it like I love spending time with my girls. It's like it means the world to me. And I like I really like I don't need like a day, you know, like I, I don't really need a day to say like, you know, hey, like go spend time with them. But I'm also always very surprised, like, you know, like why why did we feel like a need and like in response feel to create this because you always have people who do different things it's like well do you take the time away so it's like I'm a father so I'm gonna go do my own thing you know with my guys I'm gonna go golfing or you know like I'm a woman I'm gonna go get my like nails done or do you do things with the kids but um like yeah I just I find it if you're a parent and you love your kids like every day is Mother's Day or every day is Father's Day like I just there, there's nothing about being a dad that I don't enjoy like it's, it's challenging constantly but like when you look at those little human beings i just love them and like their little smiles on their faces like absolutely it just <laughs> melts my heart yeah that's what i say there's just where sometimes you know the whole society and you know the way things are marketed to us kind of you know brainwash us uh, so it's taking little nudges, you know, and finding a way around those walls. Sometimes it takes longer than normal. Um, but you know, if we can't hug someone, I really feel I've really been trying to make an effort when I get back, if I'm walking down the street, um, you know, um, I always smile and say hi. And if they don't say it back, that's okay. But I know inside that it might've helped them. Maybe. Isn't I don't know that. Interesting though. Like, like I I try to say hi to like everybody, but it, it's amazing how many times it's not well received. <laughs> no, I know that's society, but I think if more of us start doing, you know, kind of like the bucket challenge, you know, it started the bucket <laughs> challenge all started taking off because everyone yeah. started doing it. Yeah. And I think our younger generation, I think, are going to do a better job of that because they see the ripple effects of all that and that's why I always come back and you know why I'm passionate about where I work and just what we stand for it's about the role model we're always on stage as adults uh, we always have to remember we are on stage and we set the pace and we set the tone um, so you know whatever we do you know people are watching and our kids uh, so I feel that you know as a parent I'm also a role model and you know if I get you know, offside, I always have to re reel myself in because we do have some stressful days. Uh, but I was like, we are role models. So, you know, my daughter see me go to school. She see me work two jobs and, you know, it took time away from her. Um, but, you know, I also said it set us up for a better life. And, you know, she's seen that 
and you know and 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 she she respects that right so yeah so I think it's all about being on stage being a role model and you know just making little differences like nudge nudge like we talked about uh that way there's not so much pressure that we have to do everything today and tomorrow and that's one thing with a Dominican um just sort of going back to that is you know they take it day by day you know we ask them what the future holds they don't know and they have little goals but you know they it always make they always come back to their family and their community and and just making sure that everyone is taken care of um at the end of the day yeah. Is there is there anything particular that you know like when you think about it, it just wrenches your heart or brings a tear to your eye like just like is there something that has happened on like either one of these trips that you'll just you'll really never forget? Yeah, it was last year, you know, um, walking into the house, the current house where the family of nine lived. It was one room. They didn't have a bathroom. They had a little stove nine people there they had two mattresses on the floor they had stuff crawling on the mattress and there's a little baby sleeping on it um so um you see these things and and flies and you know um that being a mom I found that really for my first trip that really impacted me and you know, and just imagine as a parent, you know, you come in and you see your child laying on a mattress that's wet, moldy, you know, and sleeping and bugs flying and bugs on the mattress. And you just imagine like, wow, you know, I'm going to build a house for this family and I'm going to, you know, um, you know, provide a roof over the head and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and finishing the house. And I took a picture obviously didn't take a picture of her laying on in that old house, but took a picture of her um, laying on the new mattress off the floor, brand new mattress. You know, we, you know, we try to raise enough money to provide some things in the house, some things necessity. They had the bathroom and just having those necessities of life was enough for them. And like going back to your comment about, you know, us wanting the big house, the white picket fence, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure to have that. And I felt that pressure, you know, um, but, you know, having that single income, there's a reality check a little bit uh, that I couldn't have that. Uh, I have a little bit of that. And at one point I was like, oh, I want to buy a bigger townhouse and all that stuff. And I was thinking, you know, Halliday is not going to remember the mom for a big house. She's going to remember a mom that had time to spend with her, had little time to do trips and do all that fun stuff. So, so that's why, you know, going to the Dominican Republic, you know, kind of resets me in that little perspective. You know, it's like, wait, you know, it's only two of us. We only need this size, you know, and it's good enough. It's, you know, about it's one of the things that I say to like my girls all the time is that, um, you know, like the size of the house will never matter. It's just the love that's on the inside. You right. know, it's like as long as that, you know, like we all love each other, you know, like we're all getting along and like we're all like working together to be able to make a better family. That That's the main thing. Like I'm not a, you know, 8,000 square foot house kind of person. I never will be. I hope I never turn into that person um, because it's just like I don't want that to define my happiness and I, I don't want my girls to think like that that is a, a key to happiness or like a measure of happiness. You know, because it really all comes back down to like what we were just talking about. It's like, you know, for one, when you tell this story about this little, you know, baby laying on this this mattress, this old one, I first thing, you know, 
I'm just like, man, I'm like, it really goes to show how rugged human beings are, you know, like how, how we can just, we can persevere and like we can survive. But like on, on then when you progress in the story, you know, about how we should connect with how amazing is simply just to be able to have like a fresh mattress. Like, like it's so simple. Like it is just something so simple, but now it's like a $80,000 car. It's, you know, like a million dollar house. It's the lululemon pants you know it's just all these things that are just like that noise that you talk about you know and we really forget and we steer so far away from these little things that just make us happy and that's why you know like you know when my oldest if she wants to sit down and play like x's x's and o's or like hangman it's like i'm like phone away as far as possible you know like sit down just like this is our time because that is what I want you to remember like I want you to remember like as you grow up and when you're only can tell stories that you know we read together we did homework together we did x's and o's together like we did these things together because I don't want it to be defined by something else that's material right and that's the one thing when I grew up I didn't have that quality time with my parents and I realized that you know, there's that book, The Five Languages of Love. And I realized that, you know, as I got older and through relationships and through challenges that, you know, my language of love is quality time. Uh, but where holidays, I realized it was the the uh, the hugs, the touch. Uh, so, you know, everyone, you know, feels loved in a different way and and figuring that out it was key but you know going back to the dominican uh, you know i seen all languages of love the touch the task you know um you know the words and just you know the just the, all the passion and, and the love that they have in their community uh it's just it's just amazing you get off that truck and you feel it like you just feel it instantly right kids running around and coming up to you is just is this the moment you get off that truck, you know, that uh, you're doing good and they appreciate you, right? So, Do you feel that anywhere here in Canada when you're when you're around? Like when do you get off like that truck or that bus there, like that, that, that feeling that's just in the air, that electricity that's in the air, do you feel that? Is there somewhere where you've gone here where you feel authentically that, that same electricity? Uh, yeah, just uh, volunteering, I find you get that um, because everyone there is for the same purpose to help each other. So I found that that's why volunteering is so good. Um, you know, I do try to take my daughter out, you know, when she was younger to do volunteer events, to try to teach her. It's not about her. It's about giving back a little bit about that balance in life that I was talking about. Um, and the other thing is, you know, talking about communities. I have a great group of friends you know, uh, ten for 10 years, we went camping all together. There was about 40 or 50 of us. Wow. We would really? coordinate. That's we would crazy. all go together. There was about 40, 50 of us. Um, you know, I had to pull my own trailer. I had to park it. I had to do everything as, you know, as a single parent. Um, but I knew how important it was to have that quality of time. And, you know, as much as it was stressful, you know, the mini community I was talking about is, you know, um, it was amazing. So as soon as you get off, you sit on the beach, you just feel that instant, you know, yes, I'm in the right spot. It's just amazing, right? Just, you know, when you find that. So 
Yep. You know, and it's funny that you bring that up because, like, one place where I can always go back where I feel that, um, like, with the Actors Sprouts Foundation, like, when we do, like, our community work, um, you know, like, I think, like, the event that we do that means the most is the the Christmas dinner that we host at the Boys and Girls Club. So um, what we do is, you know, like, we fundraise, we, we get the money, and, and we supply, like, a full sit-down traditional turkey dinner for, like, all the families of the Boys and Girls Club. So, you know, like my original goal with it is that I don't want it to be like this assembly line where you're holding your plate and you're walking down. Like I want these families to sit down and actually be served like like a dinner, like like or where they don't have to do anything. They just have to walk in the door, just have to show up. Um, so like, you know, different people like in our community, like like there'll be a family that'll take on, you know, baking all the turkeys or like then mashing all the potatoes. Like everybody has like this singular job they do. And then we collect in like this one environment, like at the Boys and Girls Club. And then all of our kids are responsible for serving the food. Hmm. And, you know, like they're the ones who have to go and they do it. And like that's their part. So like the parents like prepare the food and the, the children are the one that they have to go around it and like said, like they serve it. But, you know, like when we're all they're doing that work and like even like the like the people are eating like it's just it's such an amazing because there's you know usually about like 130 you know people who show up to be able to eat and there's 40 50 volunteers that all come together so like you know out of these couple hundred people like it just that's that community and I love it and I love that my girls can be like a part of that and it makes me so happy when you hear or when I hear you talk about you know bringing your daughter doing like community work because that's the one my always concept to them is that there's other people in this community and like where you feel as though that you need more, or you want more, or you have more, like there's some families out there that don't have a turkey dinner at Christmas time. Like you're giving that opportunity out there, you know, like, and I want them to be able to connect with that experience and, you know, like living outside themselves. And the one thing, if not sure if we're going to be ending this soon, but the one thing I would, if I were to say anyone is, when you're volunteering, it's not just that one day you're giving someone, you are giving them hope that there is, there are still kind people in the world because they probably don't get that a lot, uh, that you are giving them a little bit of a hope that hopefully gets them through, you know, what they need to get through to, to get past what they're going through. Right. At, at the end of the day, that's what you're giving them is hope. You know, and hope is one of those things that, like if anything's going to make you wake up the next day when, when you're feeling like life's cards are stacked against you, like it really is. Unless it's hope, it really is nothing else. Yep. You know, and like I noticed that, um, and like even like for me in my life, you know, like when I can wake up and, and like I know like, like that things are just like, I know they'll get better. Like and again, like the base that is, is hope. Like you know that like, today's problems can't be tomorrow's problems like and like that to me like is that base of that hope and i think like the more that you know we think about those things and like we actually really bring them to heart you know we don't snowball like the negativity like today's problems are gonna be tomorrow's problems will be the pro, pro like the next day's problems and like just keeps going and going and going like that that cycle needs to break and like giving yourself the hope to be able to move on just just know and having like these communities to be able to leverage that hope and to be able to go back to yep yeah it is it's just that word is so powerful but yet so simple yeah it's just yeah it is very much so so okay. well thank you bro i really appreciate you coming in and being on to talk about everything you've done and give some like perspective because there's i know a few people who do the work that you do 
Um, you know, but like I just, I really felt there was a reason why that I wanted you to be able to come in and, you know, like explain your story and, and the connection that you've had with these people in third world countries and, and understanding how simple happiness can be and how simple happiness should be and how happy these people are just such little things that like we take for granted every day. So I, I really appreciate you giving us your perspective. I'm honored to be asked and to come and, you know, uh, you know, even if we make this broadcast, even if we make a difference in one person, one person's lives, that's one person that we're making a difference. And it's so small nudges that are so important. Yeah. So thank you. And, you know, maybe if you can just let everybody know if anybody wanted to, like, you know, contribute some money or get involved, you know, like, like how would they do that, you know, specifically to the work that you guys are doing? Yeah, you just go to Live Different, you Google them, and everything's on the website, donations. Uh, they have different ways of donating. They actually do, uh, they go to schools across Canada, and uh, they perform concerts, and they, they, they uh, you know, they help the youth. So you could go to one of those events. It's amazing. I went to one last year for the first time. And just the empowerment that you have and, you know, people who've gone through struggles and have made it. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, no journey and not any, no one ever has the easy journey. It's all how you look at it and how you, you know, you, you're, you go against those challenges. So definitely live different. Uh, there's, they have a lot of volunteer opportunities. Um, it's amazing organizations about role models and just helping people. So, yeah. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you, well, thank everyone. You. Thank you. Thank Have you. a wonderful day.